Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Derek, we are in the Finger Lakes region, yes. and we're not drinking wine. I know. We are not. I'm excited. We are here with Brian from Finger Lakes Distillery. How are you? Good. Glad to have you guys here. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So you want to introduce yourself a little bit, where you are? Sure. Uh, so I'm Brian McKenzie. I'm the uh, founder and owner of Finger Lakes Distilling. Um, makers of McKenzie whiskeys amongst many of their products. Um, we're down here uh, based kind of in the southern part of the Finger Lakes, um, just a little north of Watkins Glen on the east side of Seneca Lake. And uh, we've been doing it for, God, since 2008. So we're one of the old guys in the New York distilling business. That's awesome. So what were you doing before this? So uh, my wife and I are from the area. Um, went to school at, at Cornell and moved down to D.C. for a while. Uh, when we got married, we decided to come back to the area, and uh, I worked for a small bank in Elmira, New York, Elmira and Ithaca, and then um, we had a transition with that. We sold to a more regional bank and uh, just uh, decided I wanted to kind of branch out and do something different with my life, and I always had a passion for whiskey um, and the Finger Lakes being such a beautiful area, so I thought we'd try to bring the, the th- two things together. Right. And, um didn't realize, you know, all the hurdles that would be required to <laughs> overcome, um, you know, because the, the laws weren't very friendly at that point in time. So sure. we had to uh, really work hard to try to reform some of that. So what were some of the laws at the time that were the most troubling for you? The biggest thing for us was the business concept that I had in mind would require visitation at the distillery. And, uh, you know, we, we saw what was going on with the, the wine tourism here. <clears throat> and how there's so many people coming to the area uh, to go on these wine tours and enjoy uh, what's being made here. Um, so we wanted to have that component of our business. And uh, prior to 2007, that was not allowed for a distillery. So um, we had to introduce some legislation called the Farm Distilling um, uh, 
license class, I guess you'd call it. Um, and that would uh, change the laws to allow a new type of license, the farm license, which requires you to use New York State raw material in your product, but um, does give you the ability to open a tasting room, sell direct, do tastings. And we've since added on a lot more uh, privileges from that. But um, yeah, so that that was really, we probably wouldn't be in business if that didn't go through. Yeah. So That's nice. Yeah. Really cool. Absolutely. So for... I, I didn't, I'm not going to say I stalked, but I did, I did productive research and I came on a couple different things where you guys have 17 potentially plus different products and you are producers and you're going to have to help me with this word. Um, pure, <laughs> purveyors. Purveyors. Yeah. Purveyors. yeah. No. <laughs> that means we sell the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, McKenzie whiskey. So can you touch on that? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, again, this goes back to the tourism aspect of our business. We knew we were going to have people coming in the door. We didn't realize we'd have 30,000, 35,000 people a year, which we do now. Um, but we, we knew people were going to come in and they'd want to experience a variety of spirits, especially because, you know, a lot of people don't want to just come in and sip on gin and whiskey, you know. So we, we went the sweeter route with some of the liqueurs. Um, you know, the brandies. We want to feature as much as we can with the, the Finger Lakes produce that's available. Um, in doing that, we've, we've, we kind of determined that, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of diversity and the packages wouldn't really line up to be all in one kind of, you know, nice little package because 91 proof whiskey tastes a lot different than, a, you know, a nice raspberry liqueur sure. or something. So we wanted to have variety. And, um, you know, we've really focused in on the McKenzie whiskeys at this point. That's about 80% of our production, but we still like to make all the other stuff available and, and sell quite a bit of it here at the tasting room. Cool. Nice. So you guys sell, I assume, in pretty much every liquor store down here. And then your own tasting room, you sell out of, of course. Yep. And then what other locations around New York? So I think we have about 350 accounts in New York State. Um, so we're spread pretty well across the state. Our uh, Northeast distributor, Skernick Wines and Spirits, also sells us in Connecticut and uh, Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And then we have West Coast distribution in California, Nevada, Arizona, and Washington State now too. So, um, you know, we're, we're not in every state. We're not a national brand, but we've, right. uh, we've done pretty well in the markets that we're in, and we try to focus in on those. Um, it, the, the sales at the tasting room here still account for about a quarter to a third of oh, our, right. of our business. This and is then, a huge tourist area too. It is. Yeah. And it's growing. I think, uh, there's a lot more businesses opening up, so that's, you got to keep things interesting sure. to attract the people. But, um, yeah. And then, uh, we do a bit of contract work too. So that can be anything from, you know, making bulk spirits for the local wineries to use in their fortified wines. Um, we do some bulk whiskey. We do, uh, you know, also we'll produce products that end up um, being bottled here and sold into the market. So lots of different things going on. Nice. Our distilling team loves it. They're they're always they always have something to do. <laughs> yeah, never a dull moment. So what kind of whiskeys do you have, uh, especially the ones in front of us here? Yeah, so I can give you kind of a quick overview of the the, the main whiskeys that we do. Um, our two flagship products are our bourbon and rye. Um, as far as the bourbon goes, we have two mash bills. Uh, this is the high rye mash bill. So it's 70% corn, 20% rye, 10% malted barley. 
Uh, we age that in heavy charred barrels um, for anywhere from four to six years. Um, and then we also do a weeded version of that mash bill where we replace the rye with wheat. Oh, and uh, unfortunately, we, we launched that under a bottled and bond product, um, and it sold way faster than we anticipated. So we're <laughs> out of stock for about six months now. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, the rye, which is my personal favorite, that's been our most uh, kind of nationally recognized product. Uh, that's 80% rye, 20% malted barley. Okay. Nice and spicy. It's finished off in a sherry cask, which um, mm-hmm. kind of mellows that spice and adds some more complexity to it. And then that one's aged three to five years okay. uh, in the heavy char and then just about two weeks in the sherry cask. Oh, nice. So, Is there any requirements for length of aging in sherry casks to call it a sherry aged or is it just however long you feel adds? No, it's, uh, you know, the, the main things with age statements are, you know, you can't call it straight whiskey till it's two years. Sure. Uh, if it's under four years, you do have to put the, the age statement on. Um, but uh, as far as the finish goes, we don't have any requirement okay, there. cool. And then the final one here uh, is the pure pot still whiskey. Um, we'd call it Irish whiskey if we could, but uh, the Irish Whiskey Association wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> but it's made very much in that style, uh, unmalted barley, malted barley, and oats. And uh, it's double pot distilled. Wow, nice. It's okay. a nice, soft, kind of light whiskey, mm-hmm. but a little more flavorful than yeah, the, smells, the mainstream. It smells very light. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, we make uh, a lot of single barrels that are just kind of one-off variations on, on uh, the different products. Uh, one of the most things I'm most proud of is our single malt that we released. Um, we laid that down in the barrel on January 1st of 2009, and then we just released it at our 10-year uh, tasting room anniversary party oh, nice. in September. So the 10-and-a-half-year-old single malt, which I think has got to be one of the older craft whiskeys out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, what goes in your what goes through your mind when you're looking at adding a new whiskey, specifically with the aging process? So, at what point do you realize that I want to start making something now because in five years I want a five year old whiskey? Yeah, that's the tricky part of this yeah. business, right? You know, right. You, you can make something that that tastes good or bad for you know down the road. <laughs> Fortunately, we've we've only had a couple experiments that haven't gone our way, but um, you know, it's it's trying to come up. I think our single barrel program is what's uh, spurned some of our creativity because we, we're busy enough to just kind of lay down the, the, the products that have been successful for us. We don't want to mess with that and run out of stock of those. But um, that being said, the, you know, the whiskey world right now is innovation and you know, barrel clubs and you know, store picks and all this stuff where people really want to leave their mark and, and know, you know that they... Uh, had a hand in picking something that's special. Um, so we want to kind of foster that whole thing, and we come up with interesting mash bills. Um, you know, we've got some smoked whiskeys laid down. We've got some really innovative mash bills. Um, you know, we've done some different finishes. So, you know, it's, it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to keep the, keep the juice flowing on the, the regular <laughs> stuff, but then have some fun too. Right. So the other stuff that you have, you have a vodka uh you have a gin and then what is what is that other thing that we saw that we didn't know coming here Krupa? no grappa 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 okay yeah we try to make use of the local (laughs) grapes as much as possible uh so all of our clear spirits are grape based so the vintners vodka 
Uh, we make two different gins, Seneca Drums and Mackenzie Reserve. They're grape-based as well. Um, and then the brandies. We make a lot of brandy here. Um, they say brandy's going to get hot at some point. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Garoppo, I don't know it will ever get too hot. That's, uh, yeah. that's an Italian-style uh, spirit that's made from the pumice of the grapes. So okay. the skins and seeds and everything are fermented and distilled. And it's, uh, it's some potent stuff, but I love it. Well, what is it uh, from my alcohol perspective, like a percentage? Uh, it's 90 proof, 90 so proof. it's up there, and yeah. it's kind of designed to be an after-dinner, sure. you know, just sip on it. Um, and we make it from Riesling grapes, which is really what the Finger Lakes is best known for. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's something different. You guys got your hands in a lot. We do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though, because you look at the label, you, you taste the product, and it's got this, like, old-school Western saloon feel to the label. And then when you, for the bourbon, it's, it's just like a very classic, smooth whiskey and there's it's just enjoyable so you're doing all this like modern hot edge stuff where you're trying different products you're making you're making everything possible essentially with your area but then you're still bringing back like an old school feel where whiskey is all about a good conversation and friends Mm -hmm. and it's it's a really cool twist because you're hitting all the all the things you would want to to be successful it's nice yeah, I mean, we are pretty innovative with our product line and, and do a lot of different things. But at the same time, I would say we're, we're pretty traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do things in, uh, especially with our bourbon uh, and rye, um, you know, it's all done uh, very much like they would do in Kentucky, just on a smaller scale. Um, so we retain control over every aspect of production. It's, uh, you know, we work directly with the farmer to get the grain that we're looking for. Um, it's all milled on site. We do the mashing, open top fermentation, uh, very classic uh, kind of distilling on a uh, continuous still, mm-hmm. which is kind of unique for most of the craft distillers. And then the barrel aging, uh, I think probably lends most of the flavor. And uh, our barrel program, we, we go in the barrel uh, at 100 proof. Okay. which is very low by industry standards. It is what, 115 or 120, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you're seeing for the most part. And um, we've done it from day one. I think it, it really lends itself to a richer, more flavorful whiskey. Sure. Um, if you go back you know, to the 50s and 60s, a lot of the, the whiskey was made that way with the lower barrel proof. It's kind of crept up over the, over the years. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, you know, you're, you're, you're blending a lot of water in. Say you're going from you know, 120, it's going to rise up to 125, and you bring it down to 85 or 90 proof. That's a lot of water that's being added. Oh, yeah. Where we're starting at 100, and uh, we're not really adding a lot to get it down to 91. So it's all kind of aged together. Gotcha. That's nice. So for the people that haven't seen your building, um, there's a lot of, for those outside of New York that can't just drive over here and experience it, there's a lot of things that we should touch on um, that we talked about actually before we recorded, but the distillery is based on a classic style of Scottish whiskey distilleries, whiskey with no E. So <laughs> the you got white walls, black trim, and an elegant pagoda roof, and that's obviously visible. You can see it from the road. So that's pretty cool because you're bringing in the old school fields there. Um, and then, like you said, you give your grains back to local farmers who use leftovers as animal feed. And then the oak floors are, I think I have this right, reclaimed siding from a tobacco barn in Kentucky. That's right. Okay. And then where's that? Is uh, Up in the tasting room. Okay. Yeah. We've got to have a little little bit of Kentucky here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then... But the Scottish theme really... Uh, so my grandfather came here from Scotland. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, 
That's you why know. you like Scotch so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's what turned me on to whiskey. I, we went back to, he's, he's passed at this point, but we went back to his hometown, and oh, cool. I think it was right in the hometown. I, I knew a little bit about malt, but not a lot, and I sat down with the bartender, and he took me through the different regions in Scotland, and that just opened my eyes to the fact that you're using the same base material, but you can make it taste so different um, based on how you do it and you know how it's treated. But that just it was really eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of sparked the idea. And then, you know, you look out at Seneca Lake, you kind of feel like it's not too removed from Scotland. You've got right, the rolling yeah. hills and the, exactly. the deep lake. Exactly, that is very and, true. <laughs> It is very nice. So that's kind of why we, we decided to go with that route for the building. Mm-hmm. And we've been making single malt right from the beginning, even though our first release was just, you know, this past year. Wow. And then what awards have you won with these products in front of us? Uh, we've never really gotten into the award game a good whole lot. Good for you. Lot. Screw it. <laughs> if you know what's good, it'll sell. That's your award. It sells, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've, we've entered a few contests and we've done well. You know, the San Francisco, I think our products have always shown well there, um, and that's a more, you know, reputable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have some New York State competitions that we've done really well. Our Rise won Best New York State Spirit in the past, our Seneca Drums Gin. So, you know, there's there's definitely awards on our resume, but, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways to get an award where it's not always justified. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So speaking about the New York State competitions and just New York State in general, you said that you're a part of the New York State Distillers Guild, correct? Yeah, we're one yeah. of the founding board members, yeah. yeah. So yeah. how did that process start? Uh, it started basically with a small group of us getting together and sitting on somebody's deck or porch or barrel room or whatever and kind of saying, what are we going to do next? We got the farm bill through, which was huge. Um, that was a consortium of maybe eight distilleries along with the Farm Bureau that got that achieved. Um, so yeah, it was just, you know, we realized we had to work together. Um, there was more reform that could take place. Um, uh, the governor got behind our industry and, and seemed receptive to ideas, so we needed to come up with those ideas. And we, we did that through the kind of the guidance of the guild. Um, but it's, it's also just a fun group to be around, kind of share ideas and share our products <laughs> are there any local legislations that are in right now that are either hurting or helping the distillery business in terms of state regulations yeah, yeah i mean there's always room for improvement um you know when we got the bill through uh i guess it was 2007 um, there were very limited things that you could do you could taste products but you know we fought hard to now be able to offer cocktails sure um, we can sell, you know, New York State beer and wine and everything, um, which helps all those industries. But there's, you know, there's always things that could help. Um, we're, we've got a short list of things that we're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some, you know, I think the the wine industry in particular has gotten, you know, a lot of funding from the state. We don't really have much of that, so we're doing it mm-hmm. ourselves, and that's that's a challenge. It seems like, though, the distillery the craft spirits industry is rising though so could that attribute to maybe in the future having more success and more funding when it comes to that yeah i mean that's that's the whole concept with the guild and us working together i mean we're we're competitors but you still Mm -hmm. try to try to you know work together to see where we there's some common ground so we'll continue to do that we've been part of the um you know founding of that and you know an important part of the whole process so can you touch on mailing whiskey to different states and how that's tough from a consumer standpoint so if i if i buy a bottle and 
my buddy in a different state wants to try it, I can't just go to the post office and send it to him because I'll just laugh. But like, what? <laughs> yeah. like, what how do we change that? It's maple syrup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm just look like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that. That's you. You asked what, what could help our business. That that's probably top of the list. It's just. It's just a long way to go to get there with it. It's a federal issue uh, for the most part, um, and it's very, very complicated and a lot of gray with it right now. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the wineries worked really hard to get that privilege, and it's it's paid off. I talked to some of the local wineries, and they have, you know, their mail-order business and club business and everything. Some of it accounts for 20 25% of their business wow. now. Because you've got you know you've got people that come here once a year to the Finger Lakes or Hudson Valley or wherever they're taking their vacation, they fall in love with something and they can't get it. Mm-hmm. You know it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I had people this holiday season get mad at me. You know, you know just they, they want they know they want Mackenzie Bourbon for a gift for somebody and they just no way to do it mm-hmm. if we're not doing business in that state. So um, hopefully it changes. I, I think it's uh, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fighting against it, you know, yeah. people with deep pockets, so the, the distributors mm-hmm. and all that. But, um, yeah, it would do do wonders for our business. Yeah. Is there anything that people outside of the Distillers Guild can do to help with that? Or is that something more on the inside that you have to work on? Right, the congressman, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. That, that always helps. And, you know, we... we uh, we did a grassroots campaign that the um, part of the tax bill a couple of years ago was a, um, a smaller tier of taxation for small distillers. And uh, I think I went to Washington maybe six or seven years in a row trying to fight for that along yeah. with a big group of people. But, you know, it just took it took grassroots and, you know, kind of all coming together to get that. And that's transformed our businesses because, you know, it went from 1350 a gallon to 270 a gallon and all that money saved, you know, we're all small distilleries. Mm-hmm. We're looking to reinvest that money in our business. So it means more staff or more equipment or more money going to the farms to get the grain, you know, so it's, uh, nobody put that in their pocket. It was something that just helped, you know, the industry and, right. um, so that was a big, big deal for us too. Cool. It's frustrating because wineries, if you go to Niagara on the Lake and then you're, you're pretty much forced to either smuggle it or not buy it because <laughs> the only thing they can do is even if you're a club member, they just mail it to the duty free. And then that's what you have to do as a club member is you have to go back to the duty free and pick up the case that was mailed to you because they can't <laughs> ship it across the peace bridge. It's yeah. like, it's, I don't know. The whole thing just blows my mind because these products the whole industry would explode. And it's just really, I don't understand how you guys are so collected about it where you're like, yeah, we're just working really hard. I'm like, I would flip a table because it's just like, why, if this is, what's the difference? How come wine can do it? It's, it's alcoholic grapes. You know, this is just alcoholic grain. What's the difference? I, just, I don't know. It, it frustrates me. I'm just running a small podcast. I, mean, I can't even imagine. I think we should make you the head of this project. Yeah. I, know, I know. Just sit on the board. Just, just start shaking. Yeah. Just be like, he's our passion guy. He's just in the corner. Just staring at the wall. But yeah. Goodness. So from a flavor profile perspective, perspective what kind of it. process? Yeah, I know. I went to school. Uh, what kind of standpoint did you want to take with these whiskeys did you follow some sort of different whiskey that you liked in the past or how did you develop your flavor profile for these yeah so so rich and flavorful you know it's that's really what we're going for so that means you know coming off the still at a proof where you still have a lot of um 
you know, cogeners in there to kind of interact with the barrel and create flavor. Um, you know, the lower barrel proof. So really, you know, bigger style whiskeys is what we're going for. Um, as far as the mash bills go, um, the bourbon, I'm a high rye bourbon drinker. Um, that's kind of where we came up with the the, uh, the mash bill on that. Although we saw the trend with weeded bourbons, you know, so we laid down wheat, weeded bourbon right from the get-go too. Um, as far as the rye goes, we thought that kind of fit a unique um, space in the market because you had, uh, you know, all of the Kentucky ryes, which are really not far off from bourbon. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of meet that bare minimum 51% rye. Uh, and then you saw like the, the big Canadian whiskeys or stuff coming out of, um, you know, Indiana with real high rye, 95% um, or even 100% in some cases. So we backed it down to 80%, left the corn out. Um, so it's kind of middle road, okay. but yeah, something a little different. So probably uh, you said a lot of pepper in there. I think I get a lot of pepper with it, but um, again, that, that sherry kind of mutes that a little bit and offers some other, um, you know, dried fruit notes and things like that. So where do you get your barrels from? Uh, so the, the new barrels come from primarily from um, Kelvin Cooperage down in Louisville. Okay. Uh, they make a great barrel. It's, um, they're all heavy char barrels. Um, so that's who we're mainly dealing with. The sherry casts, it's actually New York State sherry style wine. Okay. Um, so we have a few suppliers there. And w- you have a barrel program with some of the local breweries too, right? To, to finish some of their stuff in wineries? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times it's just a direct sale of the used barrel to okay. those, those places. But uh, we have done some collaborations where, you know, we'll send the whiskey barrel to a, a brewer or uh, winery. They'll fill it with something. Um sell that product and give it back to us. So okay. we've done some beer finished whiskeys and oh, cool. I even did a ice finish, uh, ice wine finished uh, rye, which was pretty interesting. Sweet. So wow. yeah. that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So you get a random truck with 50 barrels on it and then you just back it with a forklift and just go, go to town and unload it. <laughs> yeah. I don't help as much as I used to. We have um, <laughs> our staff loves seeing that truck show up. But, oh, I'm sure uh, <laughs> you're on a hill. Like you're, so the terrain right now is like this, and yeah. then all of a sudden fifty barrels show up, and you're Don't out there with a barrel. Yeah, in ten years we ten years we haven't we haven't put one on the state highway, so that's good. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, that's good. How many of how many ended in the lake? <laughs> Just rolled all the way down. That's why we kept the vineyard there. They stop them. They there you go, a free barrel. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. So, what's the future of the the company? What, what would you like to see you guys put out next? Do you have an idea, or are you pretty set with what you have out right now? No, Derek, they're going to mail it all across the country. <laughs> no, I mean like product-wise. <laughs> no, I think it's just uh, it, it's. I like the the track record that we're on mm-hmm. right now. We did some um, modifications to our packaging within the last year, um, changed some distributor relationships, and it's it's really kind of taken us from here to it's really helped us this past mm-hmm. year. So we're going to kind of ride that out and yeah. see see where we can go. Um, we continue to lay down more whiskey, so you know. Eventually, I hope to see that eight-state footprint grow. Sure. Um, and you know, depending on all this tariff stuff, maybe there's some international opportunities too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and and it's uh, like all these different relationships we have with um, contract work, and you know, there's so many moving pieces. It keeps keeps things very interesting around here. So um, just trying to continue to grow that way. So when you're in a different state. What what would you consider 
you're in the different state. Like you just had one bottle sell in that state or did you like take over a specific city in that state? And you're like, okay, yeah, like we have a legitimate footprint in this state. So now we can say we're in this state, this state, like what's your benchmark? Uh, as long as we have the relationship and there's some sales going on, we, we would consider that a state that we're doing business in. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, you know, there's some that are, that could do, we could do a lot better in. Yeah. Um, right. so it's, it's, uh, in a way, um, we spend a lot of our time, you know, where the low hanging fruit is. So New York city, um, we're a recognized brand in New York city. So I spent a lot of time there. We don't have a huge sales staff or anything like that. So we got to, you know, go where, where the product's moving. Sure. Mm -hmm. So now would that engagement be like a consumer going to a store in their home state and requesting specifically your product? And then maybe that would get passed up to you. And then that relationship can start forming. Like how, how does that process work? No, it's more driven by our distributor relationships. Okay. So, um, like our California distributor, for instance, is, has opened up a new market or two here in the last few years. Oh, okay. So we've got a good relationship with them and, and then they would, uh, you know, ask if we want to, do business in that market so oh sweet yeah. so where in california are you because you're the first brand that's we've had that's in california so i know somebody's going to text me as soon as this airs and they're going to flip out <laughs> whereabouts oh uh, we have pretty good distribution out there i know like i don't want to kind of single out any of the stores or anything like that but a lot of the chain stores would carry some of our products um what major cities uh, if we could do that. Yeah, mostly L.A. and, and uh, San Francisco area, Bay okay. Area. Um, though, you know, we're doing well. We've got some accounts down through San Diego and Sacramento. Oh, cool. And so that's statewide. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Now my phone's going to blow up. <laughs> Good deal. That's exciting. Congrats. Always can do better, but we're working at it. Absolutely. Um, God, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. The so yours is the rye. Your, your favorite is the rye. Your favorite is the bourbon, and my favorite is the pot still. So we got everything covered right here. So <laughs> which one is? You said the bourbon is your best seller, right? The rye. Uh, the, the bourbon rye and the rye are kind of neck and neck. It, it depends. So it's kind of interesting because rye, um, we see more metro sales with the rye, um, whereas like in our tasting room, the bourbon outsells the rye. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of interesting, and they they go back and forth a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you had to choose a cocktail, what would be your recommended cocktail? Uh, so I don't do too much with the bourbon. I, I like that on its own. The rye, I do like to play around with cocktails. Okay. I, I I'm a big um, uh, Man Manhattan is kind of our family cocktail sure. around the holidays and stuff. Okay. I think this makes an awesome Manhattan. I've gotten into uh, Boulevardiers quite a oh, bit yeah. lately because um, I've always liked Negronis and kind of the complexity with the rye works too. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. That's a cool twist on it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And then how big is your staff here? So our distilling team um, is a group of four guys. Um, they, uh, our head distiller is awesome. He's a, a former chemist, um, wow. a chemistry yeah, professor. No so what's that? Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> just, just a chemist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's great. He, he appreciates the artful side of this as well and mm -hmm. is also very mechanically minded. So there's always something that needs to be fixed around here, so yeah. that helps. Um, and then there's there's a, a group of guys that work with him that are fantastic. They've been with us for quite a while. Um, our tasting room staff's a little more seasonal, so we'll right now we only have four people working today. But you know, you come back in July and there might be nine up there. Okay. Um, oh wow! And then uh, we have a couple salespeople, part-time salespeople. Um, we have a bottling team. My uncle runs our bottling operation, and he's got 
group of friends that come up and they, they work a couple days a week sometimes. Um, yeah, and that's about it. So, um, you know, all in all, in the high season, we might have 25 people here. Okay. Good deal. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I have. I guess you have to be a chemist in order to be messing around with these mash bills because you have to know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, if it doesn't, if in 10 years it doesn't taste good, you're going to be pissed because <laughs> you bottle it for 10 years and then 10 years later you just decided to taste it and it doesn't taste very good. You'd be a little bit mad. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of chemistry behind that, but nobody knows exactly sure. what that chemistry is. I mean, you, you, you kind of take a leap of faith regardless of how much you know of that. So um, I feel like that's the whole industry. Yeah. Whether it's like I'm going to start a distillery or I'm going to do like a homebrew, it's just a total leap of faith. And yeah. you, just, you just pray. Isn't that, that's kind of like what makes it really cool, though, you know? It's for like sure. You're setting something down for a long time and mm-hmm. you're going to transform. It would be that second year and I'd be popping it open. I'm, just, just like, <laughs> I'm not I saying taste we don't do now. that. <laughs> <laughs> do a little thief. I just want to see where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> What's the progress? Yeah, check in on them every once in a while. <laughs> do you know how many barrels you have? Because we took a tour of your barrel uh, factory or not factory, but Barrel where house. you're housing all your barrels. How many barrels do you have? Uh, there's got to be at least four or five down there, I think. I don't wow. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely no, five. <laughs> definitely a hard five. Um, no, we're, we're pretty small, but we I think we've got about 1,200 laid down right now. Wow. Um, I mean, obviously, we're constantly harvesting those and then, you know, putting new down. So, um, yeah, but, you know, when we're in full-scale whiskey production, we can make, uh, you know, on a good week, maybe maybe fifteen twenty barrels. Wow! So, um, so you should definitely have a secondary office in the barrel house. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Not for the aromas. Definitely yeah, not, not for the aromas. The just to keep. You it just up. walk in and you smell straight whiskey. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta leave as much room as we can for the barrels. You know yeah, I mean? that's, true. Yeah. That's, true. that's true. That's true. So, from the the tasting room and the touring perspective, you do tours of this area quite a bit, right? Yeah, so on uh, Saturdays from May to November, we do a, a really in-depth, like, hour and 15-minute type tour, oh, cool. private tasting, and, and uh, yeah, those those usually sell out. We only take about 20 people at a time, um, but, you know, education's a big part of what we do here. Um, you know, we do seminars, we do a lot of outreach, you know, with our customers, so, you know, like I'll be in Buffalo towards the end of the month doing a seminar. Um, we do... Uh, can see some of these botanicals around the room yeah. here so this is a cool program um people can come and kind of formulate their own gin and then we have oh, a cool. small still that will distill that um, product for them on um so that's that's a lot of fun you can bring a group of you know 12 people and make a day of it yeah. so how long does the that process normally take it's like a four-hour program um so we have some kind of fun you know information um kind of the history of gin we go through that we do an hour-long blending session and then once it's done you grind up your botanicals and we get the still running and um yeah this is sweet it's so cool yeah <laughs> now it seems also just by the people that we've been interviewing there's been a recent fad for barrel aged gin or is that something that you guys are looking into or is that something that you're, you're going to leave it to them i think we'll probably leave it to them yeah. we've got one down there um, oh really that we've just been kind of keeping an eye on yeah. but maybe maybe a fun like one-time release or something yeah. it seems like the aging process or the aging time frame is very variations between the t- companies that we've looked at like some of them are a couple days some of them are 18 months it just mm-hmm. really varies speaking of which did you hear about the the pbr new 
whiskey that they're coming yeah, out that they're aging that. Yeah. for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. They can't even call it whiskey. Can you? <laughs> it's just moonshine. <laughs> Interesting though. I bet they'll do well with it though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. That's crazy. So for those private tours and then these classes, is this all reservations that people set way ahead of time? Yeah, so the, the tours, we, we book those just through our website. That's a more regular thing. Okay. The, uh, the original gin program, um, both myself and Jared, our distiller, involved, are involved. So we have to kind of match up the timing, you know, the mm-hmm. schedules and stuff. But Okay. Yeah. And then do you guys offer food or any other services? Uh, we're expanding our cocktail bar. Um, so we've, we've been offering cocktails for a couple of years, but we're going to um, branch into some light food with that as well so that'll be um when we get into the new season we'll be doing some of that so yeah that'll be sweet yeah you have such an awesome area for it i mean the the cocktail bar you have that porch for it too and it just overlooks the lake it's just a beautiful area that you're in yeah and i'm finding that people really want a different experience now they don't Mm -hmm. for a long time that kind of concept of going from winery to winery and and just doing a quick tasting and then you're out the door. I think people want to come and sit, relax, maybe mm-hmm. have a drink, just look at the lake and maybe have some music. And it's kind of the way things are trending a bit. It's got to be impossible predicting people's ambitions. So I give you guys credit for evolving <laughs> <laughs> because I cannot do it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point too, because you and I have done it because we're forced because now we're like basically married. But every time you go on a wine tasting, it's the only thing the dude care about. It's like, well, what is this place different from the other place? And right. Like, well, they're sweeter wines. And you're like, no, but this place gives us like animal crackers and chocolate, like with wine. Like, I'm I'm all in. Like, let's go to that place again. But down here, it's it's a whole different dynamic because you got like you said the seating area, and then if you can do something that just separates you from the other spot because you're you're on the strip mm-hmm. we touched on it earlier before we we sat down here but you have i i lost count on how many different wineries are on this 25, road 25 right you like said 20 25 i don't know what i mean around the lake there's over 100 i think now but with just within this 10 mile stretch here there's got to be 20 or 25 yeah wow. it's crazy a couple breweries so if you got like tour bus with 10 of your friends by the fifth place you're pretty much in the bag yeah, and then that's the stuff you're thinking about like well how is this any different because i'm getting tired yeah so if you can do something different i mean everyone's gonna be like well yeah but this place this place did that mm-hmm. yeah and that's gonna be the talk of it so it's a good idea to keep reinventing yourself a yeah. little bit yeah it's wild <laughs> it's wild that's really sweet but yeah so are you on social media like what type of social media accounts do you have um me personally not so much yeah. but we're, we're very active yeah, from uh, from a business standpoint is it just so. finger lakes distilling on instagram and stuff like that yeah it's okay. uh it's at flx distilling oh okay yeah and then uh that understands why i couldn't find it earlier flx <laughs> got it okay yeah where to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you're on instagram um facebook you have a facebook page yep very active on on all the social media yep. okay do you do events here like I don't have a TikTok page yet. Oh, you don't? Um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't done no, one but yet. Don't worry, he's got a Snapchat account. Don't, don't let him fool you. He's out here. Uh, do you do, or is there any um, like events, like bands or anything that you would want to bring up here at some point? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so we're, we're getting more into that as well. Okay, um, cool. We have a couple of flagship events every year. We do a Kentucky Derby party that's, oh, cool. um, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, I think this will be our 10, 10 year um, anniversary of our first one so can you can you discuss Sweet. like what that entails because my brain just it's a horse race everybody's just <laughs> yeah <that was> like, 
Okay. <laughs> the Kentucky Derby's over. Yeah, that's it. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> Episode's over. So do you have like live horses just running around your own property? Like that's that's the first thing I pictured. I'm like Kentucky Derby. Like how many horses? Well, like so where do we race it? Yeah, we bring uh, we bring in some great food, cocktails. I think we served. I want to say it was like 14 gallons of. Um, Mint juleps last year or something like oh that. Oh my so. god! Fourteen gallons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we have the race on, but people come, you know, all decked out with their big hats and dressed yes. up and everything. It's it's a lot of fun. Gotcha. So, but we'll be doing a lot of lot more music this year, and and um, this past year was really the focus was on the ten year anniversary. Um, so we had a big party that day. Uh, we broke a world record for the number of people drinking Bloody Marys um, on a set of steps. Really? <laughs> what was the record previous to you? I think it was 24 or something like that. So it wasn't that much of an accomplishment, but we had fun. But you still it. have it. Yeah, but you got it. That's it's an award. So cool. See? That's an award you don't need there to do. There are so many weird world records out there that you can just like try, like growing your fingernails. Like, I'm going to do a record. Actually, no, that's gross. No, it's somebody yeah. and it's wrapped around. But that, that's pretty cool that you just found that record and you're like, we want to break that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want our name tied to down. Took them down. Did you have 26? Or did you go more than that? No, we we crushed it. I think we, <laughs> we crushed it. Ninety five or something. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wow! If you're yeah. gonna beat it, you gotta beat yeah. it. You, you gotta anybody else to take it. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Love it. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any questions for us? I mean, we're just about at like the forty minute mark. So really, whatever you, else you want to start plugging in. Um, you're more than welcome to do No, I mean, I think we've had a good chat. Um, you know, we just are, we're proud of what we do. We're, mm-hmm. We try to be very genuine about the business. So, you know, and I think it, it's trending that way. But sure. for years, the alcohol business has been about smoke and mirrors and, you know, trying to just have a fancy package that people pick off the shelf and then it might be no care involved with how it was made or anything. And um, we're transparent. We, you know, proud to show people how we do Absolutely. things here. Um, and we've never gotten into like the sourced whiskey game or anything. Not that I, you know, badmouth anybody that has. It's just um, we're genuinely a, a craft producer and, and proud to be be that way. So we think of it as an agricultural product, really. You know, it's trying to show off what the Finger Lakes can bring um, in mm-hmm. a unique way. So. Sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. Yeah, I really wish you guys well with the podcast. This yeah, is cool. So. We'll, we'll touch base in a, a little bit to kind of talk about progress and everything. That'd be great. So, yeah, cool. Glad well, thank you very much. Here. Appreciate it. All right, cool. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.